Welcome to the Real Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Christine Koenig, hosting today with the absent-minded David Wilner from Pillar to Post Home Inspectors. <laughs> <laughs> it is a Monday morning here, and, and, and no, certainly so for Dave. He's catching up on on some stuff this morning. I'm literally doing my homework right here. <laughs> it's very funny. It's like I said it's the change of weather, the rain, the, you know, the lack of sunlight. It's like all our brains are just like shutting down. <laughs> it really is. You know, I, I this time of year gets to me. It really does. You know, all of a sudden it starts getting dark early. It's when you wake up, it's dark outside and it, you know, it, it gets to me. I mean, I, I bet it gets to a lot of people. I will say uh, Mike and I were, um, you know, it was like 745 last night. It was dark out, right? And and I know it gets way worse from here, but I'm already like 745. It's dark. I'm tired. Let's go watch something in the bedroom. Because yeah. I like I was ready to just lie down and go to bed, crash out. Yeah, at 745. At 745. You know, it's listeners, we are not that old, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Although, by the time we get past a, a full summer of real estating, I do feel that old. Uh, I think my hair gets a little more gray every year. I think it does, Dave. <laughs> um, anyway, so today, we're going to kind of talk uh, talk through a couple different things today. Dave had some super interesting home inspections that we're going to talk about. Oh, I did. Um, and I had um, I have a listing that you know we got our inspection report back from, um, and I want to talk about um, attics, ventilation, and mold. Good um, stuff. And then we're also going to talk about, um, I've been in the process of buying um, an investment property. So I thought it would be interesting to kind of talk through my experiences being a buyer in this market, um, because it's one thing to lead people through it. And then it's another thing to really feel it yourself. So I thought that might be an interesting little um, discussion to have just to say, hey, buyers out there, I, I relate. Well, it sounds like fun to me. <laughs> Let's do it. What do you want to do first? I don't know. Let's talk about. Uh, Let's talk about you. Let's. I want to talk about you. Ah, you're, so, <laughs> you're so sweet, Dave. <laughs> Tell me about your investment property. All right. So I don't know if it's mine yet, right? I mean, that's I'm not under contract, so oh. as you know, it can go to anyone. Still, yeah. I've got my fingers crossed. I've got all my T's crossed, I's dotted. Um, but I'll kind of talk through the story, right? Um, there's a house I drive by all the time. And I had seen a lot of people out early on, and I hadn't even really been thinking about it. And then um, one day I'm like, you know what? Let me look this up. I said, it's such an interesting place. I like the location. Um, and the deal that they had had just fell. Hmm. So I said, great, perfect for me. I get in there, bing, 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 look it over, do a little market analysis, throw my throw my offer in. Um, ring in the hat, right? As an investor, you have to put 25% down, right? So you're coming in with a good amount of cash. It makes a person who's selling a home feel confident that, right. oh, okay, we don't not gonna have appraisal issues or things like that. So my offer was accepted. Um, and then my offer was unaccepted. Oh. Because. Uh, they got a higher offer? <laughs> they got a lower offer was all cash. Oh, okay, so that'll cash, do it. Cash is king. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I keep driving by this house because I have to every day. Um, and I'm like, inside, I'm just getting more and more annoyed. I'm like, I had the higher offer. This is ridiculous. I'm like, you know what? A week or two went by and I didn't see that it was marked under contract for a cash deal. It should have moved pretty quick. So I said, let me call the agent. Let me sweeten my deal. 
Was this an investment property for the original owners or no. were they living in it? It's a estate. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So um, I said, let me, so I came back, I raised my offer a little bit and then like I sweetened the deal. I knew I wasn't going to have appraisal issues because of how much money I was bringing. So I waived an appraisal contingency and a couple other things to like make my deal look great. Mm -hmm. And it worked. Congratulations. Yes. The other deal had stalled. Um, and I had talked about how I could, you know, keep things moving along, but, 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 so, um, since then I've finished, uh, you know, looking the house over, I had a contractor friend come look at it with me. Cause you know, I know that you need to know, I, right. I need to get someone to look at a furnace and, you know, just pretty much those sorts of things. I was able to do all the other stuff, you know, room by room, take the, go through, go through things. But, um, and I felt super confident that it was as, as advertised. So. I'm in that waiting for the contract to be delivered stage, but also as any buyer knows, contracts don't go out by Friday. You know, people are still looking at that place over the weekend. So I like nail biting, like, can I please get a contract to sign right now? <laughs> so that, you know, that's been my experience, which is you really feel this pressure. You know, other people are out there. You know that even when you have the best deal, you might not have the best deal because, you know, someone may come in with more favorable terms or, who knows what higher numbers. Yeah. Um, and so voila. So that, are you still waiting for the contract? I am. I sent a little <laughs> reminder this morning. Hey, just checking in to see if contracts are out. So fingers crossed. Now, I mean, you bent over backwards to sweeten the deal, make everything oh, it possible. Doesn't matter. It, listen, if I was the, if I was the seller, right. Yep. And on an estate and I know that, you know, this is what I've got left for, you know, whatever. I'm going to go for the best deal. Yeah, I mean, I've been the executor on 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 a couple estates in my life, and it's a tricky thing. There's, yeah. Sometimes there's more than one personality involved, yep. and you know those things factor. Sometimes decisions take a little longer. Yeah. So, anyway, we shall see. But I am mm -hmm. super excited about the possibility. Well, what's your plan with the property? Um, so the plan is to fix it up and then rent it out. It's a nice three bedroom. Um, in Sugarloaf, so it's like Warwick School Districts, and I think that will be just fine. Um, and the house itself was was sound. Um, you know, it needs updating. There was you know someone who'd been in there a long, long time, so it's a lot of paint, carpet, um, kitchen, bathroom, a little, not a lot. Um, refresh more than re then have to rehab then rebuild. Yeah, yeah. So that's perfect for me. I'm a good refresher. I am not a good rebuilder. <laughs> right, right. The easy things are easy, yeah. uh, you know, and don't think that they're hard. Uh, carpet's easy. It's a phone call. Don't, Correct. don't do it yourself. I would never do carpet myself. No. I paint myself. I would do flooring. Like if I was doing some sort like I've done a couple different like Actually, floors. that's a good tip though. Before you replace the carpet paint. or before you redo the flooring, yeah. do your paint job. Correct. Well, that's what we were talking about is uh, I like... You know, I now I've like totally OCD about my list of things, right? Like in my mind, I have a month to rehab this house because, you know, when it's investment property, you start to owe your mortgage in a month, mm -hmm. right? And you really want to know that you have someone there, right? So I'm like clearing the decks <laughs> so that I can just be all in. This makes me wonder, what's the, what is the rental market in the area like? Ah, so right now, as with housing, we have a uh, rental inventory crunch, um, and rental prices have escalated, mm. um, you know, fairly significantly. I think we're up about 20%. Wow. Um, which is good for good for landlords. Um, you know, not great for people looking. I have a couple people that 
they're they wanted to be in one location, but now their rental search has really had to expand because there's just not a lot. I did a I did an inventory search for someone, you know, under twenty two hundred dollars, like not a, not a tiny budget, right? Um, in all of Orange County, and we came up with twelve active rentals. Wow, twelve. Yeah, and that was two weeks ago. I don't know what it is this week, but does does I mean one would think more money gets you more. Is that true, or is it just not out there? It's just not out there. I mean, wow. yes, more. You, if if it was a twenty six hundred dollar budget, we ha- we would see a few more, but it's it's really there just aren't a lot of rentals. Hmm. So it's um, it's a great market to, you know, if you have something that you could rent out, there are people looking. Well, so later this afternoon, <clears throat> I'm actually going out to uh, to look at a house. Uh, I did an inspection on this home, actually. I think it's close to two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also an estate, and uh, the owners are out of state, and they hadn't seen it in years, so they they had me go out and do a full report for them. Oh, nice! Yeah, it was a good idea, and uh, I uh, and I've kept in touch with them. They've stayed in touch with me, uh, and uh, the people asked me the other day. They said we had some renters in the house. And uh, apparently, there we we've heard from the neighbors that there's been some damage. Mm. Would I go over to the house and take some pictures and look around for them? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I said, absolutely. You know, let's let's go do it. Um, so that's my afternoon. Right. Uh, it's my good deed for the day. Uh, I won't charge them. Right. You're go. Oh, you're going. To, this is your what you're doing yeah. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This oh, is. I'll be uh, interested to see how that goes. When we come back, we can. Uh, we have to take a quick break, but we'll kind of follow up on on renters a little bit and some of the you know downsides of landlording. Chris Steritz has been an award-winning associate broker for more than 28 years. Chris's vast knowledge of Orange County ensures that your goals will be met whether you are a buyer or a seller, and she will help with your home inspection, mortgage, and appraisal process. She's also a specialist in corporate relocation, and the home inventory on her website is always current. For more information or to contact Chris, visit chrissteritz.brandrealty.com. Hudson United Mortgage is the number one mortgage company specializing in residential loans in New York and New Jersey, where Mike Van Mansard is offering first-time homebuyers low down payment options and a mortgage that saves you money and time. Licensed in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, Mike Van Mansard will patiently walk you through the maze of applying for a mortgage and is available for all your questions. Call Mike Van Mansard now to set up an appointment or for more information, contact Mike at HudsonMortgage.com. Hi, this is Rachel Heiss, branch manager of Howard Hanna Rand Realty. Right now is a great time to buy or sell. Buyers can take advantage of historically low interest rates and sellers can get top dollar for their home in this high demand market. Our agents utilize the most innovative tools and market knowledge to help you achieve your real estate goals. Give us a call at 845-986-4848. At Howard Hanna Rand Realty, home happens here. This is Allie Berman inviting you to tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. on Winning Together with the number one team of personal injury attorneys at Sobo & Sobo. Call or text into the show and get answers to all your questions right here on Radio Worth Listening To. Do you have a car problem? Maybe it's a mechanic problem. Maybe it's not. 
Sounds like a job for me, Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor. That's right. Sunday mornings at 8. Get up early. Let's hang out. Let's talk about cars. Let's all get smarter. Let's solve some car problems. Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor, here Sunday mornings at 8. WTBQ. I'm going to make this place your home. All right, welcome back to The Real Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Christine Koenig, with Howard Hanna Rand Realty, hosting today with... David Wilner from Pillar to Post Home Inspectors. We were just chatting up uh, Dave's afternoon where he's going to go do a uh, check on a property he did an inspection years ago. You know, we always say how we're realtors for life, and Dave always says he's your inspector for life, and he means it. Uh, I do. I really do. He did an inspection for someone like two years ago. We were just saying it's been used as a rental. The neighbors called to say, uh, I don't know what's going on there, but I don't think it's good. And Dave's going to go just check things out for them today, which I think is a, a true testament to the service he really provides to his customers. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. It's uh, I always feel a certain responsibility to my clients, yeah. you know, that uh, I want everybody to have a safe and happy home. And uh, and I'm there to be a resource and provide information and service to them. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's just the way it is. Um, you know, that's the business I'm in. And, uh, you know, I want, uh, I, you know, I don't mind doing, I love looking at homes. I, I love know. what I do. And so when somebody calls me up and says, hey, can you just pop in and take a look? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, twist my arm. <laughs> 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 well, we were going to wrap up on uh, on landlording and investing, right? Um, mm-hmm. With the note that says, um, you know, although there certainly is so many benefits to being a landlord, right? To me, it's about creating generational wealth for my children. Um, it's about um, a sustainable retirement income, right? That's when I think about buying a place. For me, like it's, these are the things I'm looking at, right? Um but the downside is it's a business, right? And it's a business of people, right? I mean, yes, it's a, you're, you own a home and there's a lot of upkeep to that home. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you're in the business of people. You have, you're letting people use your space, right? For a fee to become their home, but not everyone treats their home like you would treat yours, right? And it's, uh, there's, there's no way to pre-screen for that either. Yeah, I think the caveat is that for those people who are thinking of making a move into this industry, this is not a hands-off, just ATM machine kind of job, right? I mean, you've got to maintain the house. You've got to to interview your renters carefully. You've got Mm -hmm. to make wise choices. And it's, yeah, so, you know, like any business, it needs a daily attention. Right. Well, so when I would like to clarify when we say interview your, your renters carefully, that's not necessarily Is that not possible. No? No. And why, is in that, the, why not? What's a, in the state of New York, you have to be very careful about your inter- interview process. You can ask for applications. Mm-hmm. You can tell, you know, you can be clear about what it is you will accept, right? Like um, 200% of the rental price, a credit score of this. But beyond that, right, pets, no pets. But beyond that, you get your applications and that's it, right? You can't. So as a, as a landlord, how do you choose who to do business with? It's very difficult. It's, it's why landlording is, there's an inherent risk to it, right? You have to abide by all of the fair housing, right? And there are so many protected classes of people. You can't ask about family status. You can't ask, are there kids, You can't, right? They may have that on the application, right? Um, you can you can say no pets, but a lot of people will have um, 
you know, cats or well, it's not even about having cats. Lizards it's, or it's that the will have like a, a, a emotional support pet. Oh yeah. So now that's no longer a pet. That's an emotional support animal. Service dog. Correct. Or something. Service dog. So um, you, there is an inherent risk. Um, you know, as real estate agents. I try really hard not to have my landlords meet the tenants because it, oh, well, why didn't I get it? Is it because I'm a woman? Is it because I'm a single mom? Is it mm. because I'm Asian? Is it right? So many things that can come up with, you know, with all, is it my age, right? You got age, race, religion, um, family status. We have so many protected classes. You want to make it as you need to protect yourself as a landlord as well. So, so as a landlord, do you, you know, when you, when you list a property for rent, yeah. You use a real estate agent, they market yep. the property, yep. and they do all these things for you, so you can sort of stay at arm's length and That's not correct. have any liability in the situation. Right, and the the real estate agent will present the applications to you, right? So we do an application and a credit check um, that we then hand over. Um, and we answer as many questions as we can. They can, you know, they're going to check to make sure the employment status is the employment status. They're going to check the um, to make sure that they're making enough uh, money to cover the rent plus you know what it costs to live um and check the references but that's sort of what you got hmm. so anyway i say that in terms of pre-screening um you got you have to be careful because there are so many different ways that can go wrong for you as a landlord so what worst case scenario you've got tenants in the building and yep. you know something terrible happens they burn the house down Okay. What do you do? Homeowner's insurance for a fire. Yeah. Well, I guess that's actually not the worst case scenario, right? <laughs> right. I mean, at least you kind of get made whole on it. But uh, I mean, uh, and, and and renters carry renters insurance. So landlords can require renters to have renters insurance. Yes, and oh. that will that will take care of their contents. Right. But you know, insurance doesn't doesn't take care of what happens if someone is in there and damages your property. That's really the the worst case, right? Someone. Um, like I'll share a story we were talking about. My yep. dad had um, an investment property down in Jersey and he had had renters in there for a while and then they had stopped paying rent. And my dad had worked with them like, hey, what do you got? Like, let's try to work this out. We can stretch out the difference over time. Um, and they really just ended up not paying. So my dad was pretty clear with them. Like, look, it's been five months. You haven't paid your rent, right? We're at a point where I need you guys either to move out or I have to go through the eviction process. And that's gonna be your choice. Um, so they moved out um, and they destroyed the place on their way out the door, ripped wow. down ceilings, right? Pulled out um, and anything they could, anything they could do to make, to make my dad's experience miserable. Right. And there's security wasn't going to cover that. Um, and it took him, you know, another year then to fix up that whole place. Cause he always did everything himself. So um, you know that there are downsides, there are bad stories. So if you're going to get into landlording, you have to be open to the good and the bad and know that there is a risk in there. That's a big risk. Yeah, risk reward. Well, uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, there is big reward. I mean, that's sort of big risk, big reward. So um, anyway, I will briefly touch on um, the market for the buy side of things really quickly because I'll, I'll use my little story of the day. Yeah, let's do it. So I have a new listing up in Sugarloaf and um, I had open house this weekend. And, I, you know, you're not, you're not sure like... You, you know, I listen to the news like everyone else, right? My experience tells me the market is still hopping because I've got a lot of people calling on a lot of houses. Um, but then you listen to the news and you hear, oh, the market's starting to cool down, um, which is just not really the case, at least for Sugarloaf this weekend. Not in our local um, area, at least. Correct. Because I had, um, you know, it was a well-priced home, about 13, 
150 square foot ranch, unfinished basement. Um, you know, very ranch is very popular these yeah, days, isn't neat, it? Neat and clean, um, updated, um, and. We had 15 people through the open house. I had another maybe 12 showings and I have like six or seven offers and the house has been on the market three days. Wow. So the market's still good. If you want to list your home, you should call me. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a lot of people who aren't going to get a house I can send, send your way. <laughs> That's an interesting thing. So, yeah. so, you know, you have an open house, you get a bunch of offers, uh, you know, one of them is going to win. And then you have all these other folks who you know, didn't well, win. Right. A lot of the f other folks are working with agents already. Right. But for people who like, to, you know, f for an agent doing an open house, you do hope people come without it, without a, uh, without an agent, because you want, you want to, you know, sell yourself as mm -hmm. a great resource for them. Right. So out of my 15, maybe three people came without agents. So today my job will be to follow up with those three people. Hey, how'd right. it go? Any interest, you know, can I help you? You know, if it's not this home, what what was it you do want? Let me help you find it, right? So oh, yeah. that that will be part of my day. Um, you know, but the flip side of what my day really is is going through all those offers today, sitting down with the owner, reviewing them, deciding if there is one offer that's so strong we can't turn it down, or if we're going to do a highest and best, um, and then communicate back to everyone who put that offer in. What's highest and best? So highest, when you ask for highest and best, what you're really doing is saying, hey, give me your best number and your best terms, right? So someone may have a great high number. Is, is that not what everybody does all the time? Um, no. So some, I mean, if you don't have multiple offers, you're going to negotiate one-on-one -on -one with someone, mm -hmm. right? If there are multiple offers, you want to extract the most you can for your client, right? So you come back and you say, hey, listen, we've had like eight great offers here. Um, we want to give everyone one last chance to come back with what is your highest and best, right? Because someone may put an offer in thinking that they were the only offer and that might have, you know, but thinking they're going to have a chance to negotiate to a different number, right? right? So by going out with highest and best, we said, look, we got too many offers to individually go back and forth with everyone. We're going to give you this opportunity. Everyone's getting the same opportunity. We're looking for our number by five o'clock on Wednesday. And, you know, let us know what are your, what's your best number and what are your best terms, Right. So some people will change how much money down they're putting. Some people will put an escalation clause and say, I can go up to this. Um, some people say, I'll waive the appraisal or a home inspection. Right. So all of these things start to play into what is the best offer. Um, and sometimes the highest number is not the best number. Right. Hmm. If someone offers a really high number, um, which you may feel might have an appraisal issue and they have very little money down, there's more risk to that offer than someone who's a little lower, but coming with 20% down. Right. So you really want to like look through those offers for not only the highest number, but what are the terms that work best? I could even be like, I, I need more time. I haven't found my place yet. Someone says, I have to be in by this date. Someone else says, take as long as you want, right? Hmm. That's a real thing in this market. Yeah, so the timing. Timing, yeah, that's yeah. It. So all those different things kind of build, build an offer. Wow, it's complicated. There's yeah. a lot, there's a lot going in this. This is a lot to handle and manage. Uh, I mean, it, you know, I mean, you, you, sh listeners, Christine's shrugging her shoulders. Okay. Because she's like, yeah, I got this. <laughs> it just is what it is. You know, you mostly, you just, you want to help your, your clients get in the best position. Right. And so that your whole job, whether you're working with the buyer and the seller, right. So I'm working with buyers, 
I'm talking them through all the things we just talked about, like, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? Do you want to waive part of the appraisal? Do you have a little extra cash? So you can say, I'm not, I don't have a lot to put down, but I can waive like a $10,000 appraisal difference, mm. right? Like, like really different ways to make your offer look as attractive as possible. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's really good. And it, you know, it, it, it makes a difference how experienced your agent is mm-hmm. at all these different things and how savvy they are in the market, right? It, it really does make a difference because if you're working with someone who has a lot of experience in this sort of a market, um, they're going to know when to push you to put a little more money either down or offer a little more or like make you feel more comfortable by trying to use an escalation clause, right? Because they'll know how much you want the house. And this is what I always say to my guys. I said, listen, I'm not in your head said, I can help you craft craft your offer. I said, but I need you to talk to me about about how you feel about this house. Like, is- Honestly, straightforwardly. Right. Like, do you like this house? But you know what, if you don't get it, you're fine. We should kind of keep moving on. I said, or is this your house? And like, you do anything for it. So, um, and based on how that answer comes back, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give them different set of advice, right? Because I want to make sure I'm meeting what their needs are. So anyway, we have- uh, Time to hear some some of our fabulous sponsors, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Grace Warren, a licensed real estate agent for Howard Hanna Rand Realty for more than 20 years, and I'm ready to hear your wants and needs, and then I will help you fulfill your goals. As a full-time residential specialist and longtime resident of Orange County, I know the Orange County market very well. And whether you're a buyer or a seller, my priority is your satisfaction. For more information, please visit my website, gracewarren.randrealty.com, and let's get together. O'Keefe & McCann is the only law firm for all your real estate transactions. Founding partner William O'Keefe will patiently guide you through every step, whether you're buying or selling property, commercial or residential, from the first meeting to the closing. O'Keefe & McCann earned their top rating due to their impeccable attention to detail, their dedication to a smooth closing, and the pride they take in their clients' complete satisfaction. They are with you throughout the entire process, ensuring a successful outcome. For the finest real estate attorney, visit omlawteam.com. Hi, this is Brian Barrett, host of Million Dollar Feeling, heard every Saturday at 9 a.m. Join me and my guests and learn how you can let go of your past and create a future filled with a million dollar feeling. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Hi, this is Wild Baby Love. Start your Sunday with me at 6 a.m. and Gospel Tracks. I'll give you the phone number to the faith phone line and the address to the website. All that and much, much more right here on Gospel Tracks with yours truly, Wild Baby Love. WTBQ GHT Weather. Skies generally holding mostly cloudy as we head on through this afternoon. Could have a couple of showers or even a period or two of steadier rain as we go on through the early and mid-afternoon. High temperatures in the mid-60s. For tonight, still numerous showers around throughout the course of the night and overnight. Patchy drizzle in between with lows in the upper 50s. And those showers turn a little more isolated tomorrow, Tuesday. Still will be around the more nuisance type of cloudy skies. And again, mid-60s. And more breaks of sun for Wednesday and closer to 70. From the WTBQ Weather Center, I'm WeatherWorks meteorologist Chris Castellano. WTBQ. I'm gonna make this place your home. And welcome back to the Real Real Estate Show. I'm your host, David Wilner, with Pillar to Post Home Inspectors. And I'm here with Christine Koenig from Woo-hoo. Howard Hanna Rand Realty, licensed in New York and New Jersey. By the way, Dave, I always forget to do this, and we should do this more often. 
How can someone get in touch with you if they are like, oh my God, Dave is the guy and I got to talk to him right ah, away? I love getting a phone call. Uh, you can give me a call at 845-610-5366. That's my office. Give it a call. 845-610-5366. Perfect. I love that. And if you're like, oh, Christine is the agent I need, um, I'm going to keep it easy. Just go to www.listwithchrisk.com. Nice. Right? Listwithchrisk.com. Yeah. Um, I finally, I'm tired of spelling out my name. I finally found words that make some sort of sense <laughs> that relate to real estate. And I bought it. I said, that's it. <laughs> I can tell people in their I, mind, they I, can remember it. I just like the sound of list with Chris. <laughs> but you can't forget the K, otherwise you're getting some other Chris that's not me. Yeah. <laughs> Probably in Wyoming. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Or California. Yeah, I feel like, like they're all over the tech stuff. <laughs> right. Oh, boy. Anyway, so that's uh, that's our, our giggle for right now. Um, but let's talk about, you said that you had some super interesting um, inspections oh, this week. and you know, This week was a lot of fun. Oh, my God. I saw things uh, this week. It's like they piled all the really interesting things into one week. Uh, by I, the way, that's why you're so tired. It is. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, uh, all that and who knows what I was breathing in, <laughs> in one of these houses. <laughs> there was a lot of, no, no, don't touch that. Right. Dave's favorite line. No, no, don't touch that. <laughs> we were, um, I was up in a house, uh, it was a beautiful 1940s built, mm -hmm. uh, 4,600 square foot house, but it, it had just been neglected. Uh, it had structural issues. It had siding issues. It had roofing issues. It had window issues. It had cosmetic issues. It had moisture intrusion issues. It had asbestos issues or what appeared to be an asbestos like substance. Right. Uh, and it, like the list of issues went on forever. Uh, I had a blast though going through this house. Now, what kind of house was it? Uh, like what kind of architectural like, yeah, style? Like colonial. It was a wild. center. It was a center hall colonial. Nice. It was a center hall colonial uh, with three floors. Uh, I think it had a total of ten bedrooms. Wow. They had actually converted some of the attic space into bedrooms. And at one point in this home's history, it was actually used as a boarding house. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, uh, so, but, uh, you know, it was... <laughs> Are these guys looking to buy this for like a business venture? No. And, and this, is, this is what happened. I mean, so I get there and I look at this and I had talked to the clients earlier. And, uh, and I said, you know... So I called them when I got to the property and I said, well, what is, you know, what's your budget? What's your plan? What are your intentions for this property? Right. And they said, well, we really want to get it fixed up in the next couple of months before winter really sets in. And, you know, we need to stay on a budget under 40K. Mm -hmm. And I said, this is probably not the house for you. Right. <laughs> I mean, if, if these are the restraints you're under, uh, you know, this is really there's going to be more involved here, you know, uh, than you want to get into. Uh, a, I don't think your timeline is realistic. Right. Uh, B, the, 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 your, your budget is probably kind of low. There's probably $200,000 worth of damage in this house. Wow. I mean, it's a complicated roof. Right. On its own. Right. Um, and the siding issues and the asbestos remediation yeah. and they had asbestos floor tiles, asbestos ceiling tiles, asbestos, 
all over this place. Um, plus, the entire electrical system was shot. The well was not operational. Uh, who knows what the septic system was because there was no water. Right. So, uh, I mean, these are these are all the big money issues. Yeah. You know, you're not, you, you know, and uh, they're very funny. I mean, so, you know, I, I, I gave this couple the straight talk, you know, and uh, this, this, honestly, this, this might not be the place for you. I mean, here's what's going on in it. Right. Just, I haven't even started the inspection. I just walked the perimeter, took a look at the house, and, you know, I can see a bunch of things happening. So if this is your plan, and that's the plan you want to stick with, you may want to consider looking for a different property. In which case, I refunded all their money. Right. <laughs> oh, so they said, yep, let's, let's move on. Yeah, they did, yeah. you know. Uh, and, well, and they'll call you when they find that other house. It's not right. You're exactly not, you're not right. losing the business. You're just um, deferring the business till later. I'd rather be honest and direct. For sure. Uh, I think it's important in my line of work to be direct, you know, not, you know, clearly you don't want to break, you don't want to smash somebody's dreams on their home. And they're this you know, home is an emotional thing. You got to have some tact and some decorum yeah. here and you got to present it in a way that makes sense. But, uh, but you also have to you have to say the facts, right? Correct. You don't want you you don't want to just put in writing, especially if they're not there with you, right? right. Yeah. If they're there with you, and you can just point to these things, it becomes apparent. But if they're not there, you're their eyes. You have to have that really direct. Like, here's what I'm seeing. I'm not sure if you saw this when you were here, but as the inspector, my eyes say, "Whoa, really expensive roof. Look at look at all the different angles that you know." you can spend your $40,000 budget just on that roof. Yeah. Right. And so they don't know that, but you do. And that's why, that's why they come to a professional. They, like they could have turned a corner. They could have said to me, look, it's 11 acres. It's lakefront. It's, right. it's, you know, this house is a knockdown and we have a whole plan. And I would have been like, great, let's move on. Let's do this. Right. You know, so, but taking that extra minute just to ask what their intentions, what their process is kind of changes the way it goes. Yeah. Uh, geez, that one was awesome. I mean, and I, I, I climbed up in the cupola. I was, it, oh yeah, uh, it was, uh, it was really fun. Um, there was, uh, I did another house that was an A-frame. Oh, like the full. Yes. A full on straight up A-frame. I love those little A-frames. Was this a little A-frame or a big A-frame? Uh, it was, it was 1200 square feet. Right. They're usually yeah. pretty small. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, it was small, but it wasn't, you know, it was a good size. Uh, but it was, uh, it was in need of a little work too. Uh, but uh, it is really interesting when you're writing the report to say, well, the ceiling structure, the roof structure, and the wall structure are all the same thing. Right. <laughs> only one, one thing. That's exactly right. They all go, you know, that goes from, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, and so, have, so in my mind, like you have the A-frame, so you have like the, the sides that are just all roof. And then you have the front and the back that a lot of times are like a lot of window. Yes. Did this have a lot of light coming it into sure it? sure did. Yep. Did it have nice views? It had gorgeous views, running water, uh, uh, you know, a, a great stream next see, to it. I feel like this is, these are the things I would geek out over. I'd be like, yep, let's, this is my house. I'm buying it right now. It doesn't matter that I can't fit even a couch in it. It's oh, fun. it was a beautiful, no, this one you could fit a couch <laughs> yeah. in too. Uh, it was actually comical too. At one point during the inspection, uh, there was a there's a wood burning stove in the house, right. and uh, as I'm going through the home doing the inspection with the buyer, he says, "You know, I'd love to put a heat-a-later fireplace in here." I said, "Oh, by the way," and I take the the 
like the plastic off from behind the stove. And I go, look, here it is. They had a heatilator and they put a stove in it. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy looks at me, he's like, wow, that is great news. That was, ma- that was magic. <laughs> here, poof, here's your heatilator. Right. What, what's next? What else can I make up here for you today? <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was a very, very interesting home. And it was a really, really fun home inspection. Yeah. By the way, I feel like the next time you have an A-frame uh, inspection, you have to call me. I'm going to just come and and sneak into your inspection and check it out. Oh, I find those homes so interesting. I am, I am just wowed by them, and because they're just so unique, right? And they can like, there's one down in Wildwood, right? And it's very small. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like built as someone's like office at one point in time, but now it's turned into like a rental. Oh, right. They pretty much put a bed because it's like hotel yeah. room size, right? Sure. By te- it's got a bathroom. It's got a bed. That's about it. Um, but it's like every time I like I like walk by, I'm like I gotta I gotta see in this thing. This thing is so cool. Well, this this particular one had a bedroom in the loft. Right. So it had the two floors. Right. It had two floors, and then it had uh, a bedroom downstairs, mm-hmm. kitchen, bath, and a living room. Oh. And then it had a basement. Mm-hmm. Um, in the basement was another, you know, uh, workshop area. But then there was a sauna and a shower and steam room and a laundry room down there. Well, shoot. Now I'm sad that I didn't have the next time you have an A-frame inspection bring me, uh, you know, a week ago. Yeah, well, <laughs> actually, that it, it wasn't in the best condition. There were well, it doesn't some, matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. uh, it, it's just about the, you know. Oh, it's yeah. To it, me, it's you just get about the big this, picture out yeah, of it. Yeah, you really get that, that sense of space. Because, you know, when I look at them from the outside, I'm like, I don't get it. And then when you go inside and you have this huge wall of windows, you're just like, this is the best idea anyone ever had. <laughs> well, it was a very interesting foundation because my thought process was that they they made a giant concrete cube underneath it that was the basement, mm-hmm. right? And then they put the A-frame on top, on of, the top cube. of the cube. <laughs> and two sets of spiral staircases uh, that uh, were so narrow, I, I felt like I needed to lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> right how do you get the bed up those stairs oh yeah i don't know uh, you haul it up from the from the balcony right <laughs> i know so uh, over in vernon they have a lot of those like uh condos with lofts mm-hmm. and when i'm there they've got the spiral staircase up and they've got the balcony and this week how do they get all this stuff up i go um two strong guys up top and a lot of rope <laughs> yeah, it's, that's really it that's really you know you jump off the balcony hold the rope the thing goes right, up. i got a pulley yeah, yeah i'll figure no, this out no pulleys <laughs> so um all right so yeah. i love those inspections um we're gonna get ready to listen to um our sponsors but when we get back we're gonna talk a little bit about um an inspection item i had come up this week on one of my listings um because i always find attic uh, mold interesting as you said G- give your key line every attic has mold every attic has mold but sometimes it's bad yep. um, and it needs to be treated so we're going to talk a little bit about roof ventilation and we're going to talk about remediation these are topics right? close to my heart Ooh. i know they are it's like uh it's like i want to let you shine and yet i want to learn <laughs> it's like a perfect a perfect scenario for us all right so let's take a break and we'll be back in just a minute This is Christine Koenig with Howard Hanna Rand Realty, and I love real estate. I grew up helping my dad fix up his investment properties. 
That knowledge and experience has fueled my passion for real estate. Licensed in New York and New Jersey for over 10 years, I focus my business on Orange, Passaic, and Sussex counties. Check out my website at christinekoenig.randrealty.com or listen to The Real Real Estate Show, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pillar to Post Home Inspectors is your number one choice when buying or selling a home in the Hudson Valley. Pillar to Post Inspectors are experienced, informative, and very knowledgeable. We will examine the structure, plumbing, heating, cooling, and electrical systems. Our thorough inspection will identify important factors, which may save buku dollars when making a home purchase. For more information or to schedule your home inspection, call the owner, David Wilner, at 845-610-5366. Visit PillarToPost.com backslash David Wilner. Hi, this is Brenda Wiley with Howard Hanna Rand Realty. Looking for a weekend getaway, a year-round retreat, or maybe you're considering selling. I'll help to bring your vision to a reality. Enjoy four seasons of lakefront living on Greenwood Lake. Go fishing, swimming, and boating all summer long. And when fall arrives, go apple picking, hiking, or skiing on Mount Peter. Visit brendabwiley.randrealty.com and let's find the home of your dreams. This is Jay Westerveld inviting you to tune in every Monday at 11 a.m. for Tales and Trails, where I'll share many journeys and stories from my global travels and from your neighborhood, right here on Radio Worth Listening To. Hi, this is your favorite assemblyman, Carl Brabedek. And your state senator, Mike Martucci. And we are teaming up for the Friday Roundtable, where we'll be talking about what's happening in Albany. That's every Friday at 9 a.m. on on Radio Radio Worth Worth Listening To. I'm gonna make this place your home. Welcome back to The Real Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Christine Koenig, hosting with... David Wilner from Pillar to Post Home Inspectors. Yes, so um, let's dig into attics, ventilation, um, mold, remediation, all the things that make home inspecting fun. So one of the things I want to point out, uh, you know, everybody likes to store a lot of stuff up in the attic, right? It's a great place to put things that you don't use that often right. out of the way, out of sight, out of mind. Uh, but, and, and you know, keep in mind, there is, if you're one of these pack rats who has their attic stacked full of stuff, you've decreased your ventilation. Mm, that's interesting. You've limited the airflow that goes on in your attic. So I will say whenever we're someplace that has like a big basement and, right, people are like, what's the attic like? Can we store stuff? I'm like, oh, basement and attic, you guys have a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I start to use the word purge a lot when I'm talking to them. You know, oh, moving is such a great opportunity to go through your things and really prioritize what you want to take with you. And then I say, you know, what happens is once you put it in one of those places, like an attic or a, a basement Right, it's there forever again, right? This is your chance as you're taking stuff out. If you really don't need it, this is a great time to pare down. Yeah, uh, you know, there's also a difference in attics. So there's, if you have, depending on the construction, mm-hmm. if you typically, with most attics, if you have just a hatch opening, not right. the pull down stairs, yep. they probably put that hatch there because they don't really want you to use it. Right. Right, and you might just have a truss built roof that's my house and if you have a truss built roof an engineered truss roofing system you probably don't want to put a whole lot of weight in that attic well mine has like three bins of kids artwork i think i'm good yeah that would be fine that's (laughs) that's that's fine but you know i i oh god i remember uh well 
couple things. I mean, I, I but I inspected a home where uh, they had actually sort of made that that space into an extra workshop. What? Yeah, yeah, I know. It was really a little strange. Mm. But they, you know, so they put in stairs where there used to be a hatch, and then they put a desk up there and lights, and they had tools and all kinds of uh, stuff, and it was way overweighting the truss. Trusses are strong in compression. They're not strong if you're hanging from the middle beam, right? right? <laughs> Which is now what you're doing. And, uh, and so I wrote it up in the report that way. I said, you should remove this. It shouldn't be here. It can compromise the structural integrity of the roof. Eh, they bought the place. They put all their stuff up there because they had access to the stairs. And yep. sure enough, their roof collapsed. Really? Uh-huh. Wow, that was what good moment when you said, look, it says it right there. It says it in the report. I it's said, this right is a structural there. deficiency. Do not do this. And uh, yeah, uh, they did call me to let me know. And they, they say, Dave, you wouldn't believe it. It actually happened. The yes, that's what they, they said. Uh, they were, uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. They, they called me up and they said, you know, I just wanted to say you were right. Sometimes that's nice to hear. It was. Although in this case, you're like, I'm so sorry yeah. that that happened. I would, I hate that you had to make this call today. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, you know, I, I felt really bad for them, but yeah. you know, uh, you, you know, horse to water. So. Right. No. So, um, in this scenario today, I'm bringing up the, the ventilation. I have a seller who's selling a house and uh, they just had the home inspections. And you know, the number one item was there's a lot of mold in this attic. Like hanging mold? No, I mean, it's all, it's, it's all on the, it's all on the sheathing. It's mildew that's built up over time. Um, but, you know, who knows? The person buying the house has no idea what kind of mold it is. Um, to me, it's just your standard attic mold. But the reality is she has no ventilation in that attic, right? So the inspector came back with add two attic fans and remediate for mold. So, you know, I'm talking to her about what does that mean? Um, and... I thought we can talk about that a little bit. Well, I think it's important to test the mold. Okay. All right. A, because there are literally millions of kinds of mold mm -hmm. and you need to know what you're dealing with. Not every kind of mold is really hazardous to people. Okay. Um, some are, some are, I mean, I guess they all are to some degree or another, but they are some that are more hazardous, some that people have more reaction to than others. Okay. So you should know what kind of mold is there. Yep. Uh, and increasing the ventilation should decrease the moisture that's in there. Right. Also take a look at the insulation. Uh, so you can get, you can, you can actually get mold from condensation buildup on the sheathing if the insulation doesn't have a proper vapor barrier. Hmm. So peel up a piece of the insulation, see the if it's floor. got the paper on the bottom right. of it. Yep. Okay. That's important uh, because without that vapor barrier, you will get a moisture transfer from the, you know, the heated or cooled space mm -hmm. into the unconditioned space of the attic. So, and that paper, my understanding is the paper should face the living area. It should face the conditioned space. So when you're in an attic, that paper is down bottom. And when you're yep. in a basement, that paper is up top. That's correct. Okay. Because, uh, you know, in my mind, it's it, like, it was more about, I don't know, gravity or something. So like, sometimes I'd be in an attic, I'd be like, this is the wrong way. And so no, it's not, it's the right way. Right. Oh. Right. So it's a learned, a, a learning thing. That's right. Paper yeah. on the condition side. I like that. Paper That's my nugget for the day. 
paper on the condition side. Um, and, uh, you know, so, but it's very important. Uh, blocking that moisture from the attic. Uh, you don't know where it's coming from. I mean, mold doesn't grow without moisture. Right. So uh, vapor barrier and proper ventilation. Yep. Proper ventilation can come in a lot of different ways. Come from roof peaks. It can come uh, from from gable vents, from right. from a, a ridge vent, from yep. soffit vents, yep. or from powered vents. Yeah. So I think that in this case, we're going to go the powered vent kind of way, mm-hmm. uh, just because the you know there, she's not going to put a ridge vent now because the roof is as it is. Right. Right. Um, and so, and she probably has some gabled vents that are probably or um, soffit vents that are probably covered up with the. That's another thing you can do to increase your attic ventilation is put in baffles right. on your on your soffit vents. Yeah. So baffles will so a lot of times if you have insulation, it could be blocking some of the airflow from the soffits. Right. And putting in little styrofoam baffles just gives the air an easier to path to come in. Yeah. Uh, and for our listeners out there, soffit vents draw air in, ridge vents and gable vents let air out. And there's a convection effect that happens uh, with proper ventilation. And that's why it transfers some moisture outside the house. So as you get that convection effect moving through the attic, it uh, it carries the moisture outside with it. Yeah. The last time we did a attic remediation for one of my clients, um, I think I've probably had to have three or four selling clients, you know, do that. Um, you know, the process, depend, you know, regardless of who did it was the same. Right. Number one, create the ventilation that so that once we remediate, we don't have the problem come back. Right. Um, number two is get get rid of like kill off the active mold. Right. So there's different sprays and things that, you know, are applied and then dried. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's an encapsulation process, which is, you know, you can think of it like a paint, but it's a special encapsulating paint that kind of they sort of paint the entire attic with. Or I well, guess well, in this case, it'll be the whole attic because there's stuff everywhere. But, you know, most of the time when I see a painted surface in an attic, uh, honestly, it probably triggers in my head, not so much mold, but that there may have been a fire. So I've heard that as well. So that's why you have selling agents explaining what's yeah. going on. Say, yeah. oh, you know, we had this, this is what we've done. Um, I had at the... Uh, at one of the houses recently, that's exact same thing had happened. The buyer's um, inspector had said to me, this was probably for mold because mm-hmm. I don't see any sign of fire damage, but this could also mean fire damage. Yeah, it's it's usually one or the other. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, just because something got scorched in a fire doesn't mean that it's structurally compromised. Um, it could still be structurally fine. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, some, cosmetic damage so and they'll fix that by by you know to reduce smell Mm -hmm. uh they'll put the uh they'll put a paint over it yeah it's interesting so you know so much to know so much to learn all the time uh houses houses are a lot of fun there's a lot to going on in them but you know i think when it comes to mold and ventilation it pays to do the mold test Mm -hmm. um you know, you can do a mold test. You can buy one at Home Depot yeah. and do one yourself. They are actually pretty good. Uh, or any of the hardware stores, they, right. they pretty much sell them. Order one from Amazon. Uh, it's as easy as scraping a sample into a little Petri dish. And sending it off. And sending it off. Okay. 
Yep. Yep. Not a, not a complicated test to do. Um, the, uh, you know, the fixes again, check the, check the insulation for proper vapor barrier. Mm -hmm. Uh, give the soffits a chance to breathe a little better by mm -hmm. adding baffles. Uh, and if there's any obstruction in your gable vents, you know, clear that out too. I mean, there could be bird's nest, wasp's nest. There could be right. somebody, you know, over the years, just because of the way the house ventilates, it could be full of insulation. Uh, it could be just dust and debris in there. Clean it out. Keep it breathing well. Right. Good. Another thing to add onto the, onto the list. By the way, I know initially I thought would be a great time to think about those uh, as we change seasons right? Fall, it's not as hot. You could do some of that out, outside work without getting like, you know, becoming a sweaty mop. <laughs> right. Um, so I thought we'd talk about a few of those things, but um, we're so close to out of time. But I do want to say one thing that I think this is the perfect time of year for, um, which is the cleaning of the gutters. Oh. And, right, if you have seams in your gutters, mm -hmm. check them to make sure that um, they don't need to be resealed, mm -hmm. right? Because when you have... That, when you have like um, a gap in your gutter, that's where you're going to get icicles and then you have extra weight and it's going to pull down, right? And you end up with damage. So um, absolutely keeping those gutters clean and clear, making sure that the gutter downspouts are extended away from the home, that they're not dropping water directly on your foundation. These are things I put in almost every report. Yeah. You know, uh, even if the gutters are perfect in the house. I tell people this is an ongoing maintenance item. It's in the report. Clean your gutters regularly. Yeah. Uh, you know, take the time because it's taking care of the small things in a home, like ventilation in an attic or cleaning the gutters. They will reduce the risk of having big issues later. Yeah, for sure. I know that is true. Um, as every home inspection yeah. tells us, right? Yeah, that's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. I mean, that's it. Everybody knows what I say in my reports now. <laughs> I know. I'm sure that you have that standard boilerplate for each of those things that's in there already. So you don't have to write the same thing over and over <sighs> and true. over. It's true. Yep. Anyway, so we've come to the end of another fabulous Real Real Estate Show. Please come back and listen to us again next week. Thanks, guys. Have Thanks a great for listening. Week.